Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today's guest, returning guest, I should say, is Daniel Draper. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Stuart. Good to be on again. We've we've talked about two of your films, but do you want to talk about your new film? Just give people a brief a brief synopsis, you know, tell people what it is, brief synopsis to what it's all about. Yeah, uh, the new film is a documentary called Manifesto. Uh, it's a feature-length documentary about Walton Constituency Labour Party, which is the safest Labour seat in the country, um, in a constituency that is one of the most deprived due to sort of, um, you know, austerity measures for the last 10, 12 years. Hmm. It's, also the, oh, it's also the only constituency in the country with two Premier League football clubs in the, in the boundaries, which is quite unique. Um, so, yeah, that, that, and it links into the other two films I've been on to talk about. Uh, we're sort of calling this film the, the last instalment of um, something we're calling the Hope Trilogy. You know, a series of films sort of made and focusing on the Labour Party sort of during the Corbyn years, if you like. Mm. Indeed. No, and that's kind of where, when I was watching your film this time, because it was so specific about about the, the machinations of politics, because it's about the, you know, essentially leads up to and includes the 2019 general election. So it's very much about the the sort of lead up to that and the fallout of that. And obviously we've got, we've had the pandemic and all kinds. So if I can start with a really, with a, there's three questions that are linked and you'll see how they fall. So the first one is, what did the documentary teach you about Liverpool? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, about Liverpool? Do you know, this might sort of sound really negative, really. But I think as we were making it, I, I realised that Liverpool's not as, like, you know, it's. I think from the outside perspective, and this document, documentary probably doesn't help with that, is a, it seems like a sort of radical, left-wing, independent sort of city. And I think we like to think that more than it actually is. I think the reality of it isn't as much, if that makes sense. I think it's this, the city's very anti-Tory for various reasons, but I think it almost stops there. Um, and I think this film almost focuses on the people who are what the rest of the city would like to sort of see ourselves as, hmm. the real activists, you know, the real sort of uh, left-wing sort of stalwarts um, in this film. But I think, I think there may be that came through. You know, we, we shot this for three years. Um, so I've started to think that. And I've only just linked that in that right now. With that, uh, you asked me that question. Like, that, that, that feeling that I've thought <laughs> and has been creeping upon me for the last two or three years is probably linked to making this film because we've been on every, we've been on all the marches with the film. So you, you go on the marches and, you know, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see clips on Twitter, on Facebook with marches. When you're on those marches, it's the same 300 people. You know mm. what I mean? Uh, and, but there's bigger ones if it's about the environment or Black Lives Matter, then that they really galvanise people. But by and large, it's just a small com- committed group of people, really. And I think maybe that's what I discovered about Liverpool. Um, and I think what you discovered the- there, though, you could you could almost extrapolate to to the rest of the country in many senses. I mean, I think there's a... There's a lot of people who believe in who who purport to believe in something, but generally are quite apathetic about about putting those beliefs forward because it's it's somebody else will do it. I don't have to bother doing it. I'll just I'll just share a thing on Facebook and I've done my job. Exactly. I think um, 
that's that's where people sort of see that's what solidarity is or activism is these days is retweeting something really um yeah and we you know before we come on we were talking about sort of the pre-internet world and that's what's interesting about uh, the activists in this film they live in that world it's 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 you know on the streets it's it's speaking to each other it's knocking on doors you know um it's interaction with other humans to try and affect something um yeah, no, that, that come across really strongly. Now, following that question then, so this, this, with your three films being like your hope trilogy, this is my trilogy of questions. So the second one <laughs> is, what did the documentary teach about the Labour Party? All right, that's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you, know, do you know what? It was only until recently, um, it's only when you start, like, finish a film, release a film, that you really start to think about it. You have to sort of, uh, because, you, you know, you speak to people and, you uh, you know, you write little pieces and you go on the radio. You start to think, what's the film about? What's the crux of the film about? Mm. Uh, so I really sort of been reflecting on the film. And I think, I don't think this film's actually really about the Labour Party in many ways. Uh, I think it's about just activists who happen to be in the Labour Party. I think the film is almost... I sort of see it as a film about labour, over labour with, a, you know, as a sort of work, over labour as in the Labour Party. It's about people sort of working towards something and improving their communities. Um, the film itself, I suppose, the Labour Party, there was hope. The hope trilogy is in the fact that, you know, that manifesto in 2019 um, galvanised so many sort of activists, including the people in our film. Um, that's the hope in many ways. Afterwards, the fallout of the Labour Party, you know, most of the film and the people, and, uh, most of the people in the film have sort of, a lot of them have left the party or some of them have been expelled. <clears throat> Alan Gibbons, one of the main guys, has been expelled since. So, yeah, the Labour Party's, uh, yeah, it's totally shifted um, from the one we started filming to the one that is now. The, the, idea, we wanted, the idea for the film was it will end with a general election win. Mm. <clears throat> we thought we used Walton as a microcosm for Corbyn's uh, Labour Party. You know, politics from the cold face uh, on the ground and when they win, they'll, you know, that'll be the victory. Um, and that didn't, obviously that didn't happen quite naively, uh, which meant we had to sort of, we had to come up with a sort of a way to end the film because nothing positive has happened within the Labour Party internally anyway since 2019 so we have to sort of that, that's when it become weird because the documentary you know you've watched it is observational hmm. and that was that you know we decided very early on that that's what we wanted to do uh, just you know the can be part of the CLP but it was getting to it was just like well how do we end this just not on a depressing note but, you know I, I don't want to do it and it's unfair to the people who put all the time in and I believe in like socialism and a hope hope in a better world so that's when sort of the filmmaker's hands sort of start creeping in and we start to sort of try and affect the way to sort of navigate it to a positive ending which uh, as you've watched it that's where we sort of introduce Robert Tressel as a sort of character if you like mm. to sort of uh, weave the past and geography into sort of a, the story and then allow us to you know conclude if you like and then finally then what did the documentary teach you about democracy? Democracy? Oh, God. Well, I don't think there's much democracy in the Labour Party now. You know, it's weird. But like, I don't know, that's really difficult to answer in terms of... Uh, do you mean like democracy sort of within 
the sort of the, the CLP or democracy on the whole? I think democracy on the whole, because I think you've kind of answered the question about the Labour Party, because obviously you've you had one hope and then you had a fallout that that followed the election. So then it became a different Labour Party. But democracy, you said, and you use the word naive yourself, democracy is the thing that you thought was going to see hope through, you know, but it didn't, did it? it, it and, it's in, oh, and, and it was interesting, just, just as an observation watching it, is how little your observation of what the activists were doing gave any kind of credence or any level of awareness of the noise that was going on in the national media, which from me thinking of it in, in, in parallel times, you know, Corbyn was getting an absolute kicking from about, I'm going to get, I'm going to say April as a, as a kind of rough estimate. I'm sure it's before then. <clears throat> and, and to me going into that election, I had no hope of winning at all. I don't even know why they called it, but, you know, that's kind of, that's, that's history now. So yeah, I'm thinking more of the democracy in the broader sense, as in you think how many, the proportion of people in, in that district who vote, who vote Labour, they're not represented by an 80 seat majority Tory government, are they? So. Yeah, no, and th- and this is why it's almost, it's, 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 un- it's unfair, you know, and, uh, you know, I was naive. I thought we would win that election and, and the film would represent that, as I mentioned, but when you look back, you just think there was no chance that was ever going to happen in terms of just the, the character assassination of Jeremy Corbyn. Hmm. Uh, and you look at, look at democracy on now, so like the type of stuff that Boris Johnson's getting away with and is still in power. You know, if Jeremy Corbyn done 1% of that, he'd have been sort of hung, drawn and quartered. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, no, it, yeah, I don't know, I don't, it's a strange one really. Yeah, it's sort of, yeah, I, that's, I think I need to give that a lot more thought. Well, I guess the bigger question is why? Why do you? Why do we? And this is just you and me shooting the shit here to, on a podcast. But it strikes me that the Labour Party, whether it be a Corbyn one or a Keir Starmer one, still believe they can win a two-party election. Whereas the the the, the such a the, the gross disparity between you know how many people voted Labour and how many people voted anything else within, say, Walton means that they're not proportionally represented in government because, <laughs> and to me, it's like a why, why aren't all the parties except Tories moving towards wanting something that's proportional as opposed to winner takes all is beyond me. No, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I, this is the problem with the Labour Party in general. It's sort of, you know, it's well, it's shifting back towards the, the right for me, but it almost takes Liverpool for granted in many ways in the fact that, you know, we're talking about it's anti-Tory. You know, I remember a few years ago they tried to uh, Tony Blair's son was thinking about running in Bootle, yeah, and that got shut down. But it's this absolute sort of, uh, you know, uh, abuse of sort of um, a vote in many ways. Mm. They're just like, oh, oh, they're up there, they've been through it. They're so anti-Tory that uh, you know they'll vote for us. And I think um, that is sort of a massive, massive problem in terms of the Labour Party and sort of um, especially under Keir Starmer. From a story point of view, and you've already touched on it, um, obviously the the disappointment stroke surprise of the general election loss. But but more generally speaking, what what stories emerged from your three year observation that you that you were surprised to find that going into it you wouldn't have expected to know you wouldn't have expected to have found out anything anything new that came for you that because you're from Liverpool, so there's lots of presumptions and preconceptions, isn't there? So. But then when you stop making a... Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? 
And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Film over three years, you've got a chance to step back and sort of go, what am I actually seeing here? What's actually happening? So what stories emerged for you that were a surprise? Nothing stands out. Um, the whole idea was to become so immersed in, in, in the filmmaking and becoming one part of the CLP that we just went along with the ride in many ways. Well, there was only two of us who shot it and the whole idea was to sort of, the camera would be handheld, never on a tripod. Uh, you'd almost see sort of pull focuses, uh, change of exposure and whatnot. We sort of wanted an imperfect sort of feel. We wanted to feel like it was in the CLP. Uh, we were allowed to film one meeting where they're arguing and stuff. I thought that was quite surprising to see the arguing in one of the meetings. Hmm. You, you know, you don't really get that on like uh, when they have sort of public talks or whatnot. But like that infighting was quite interesting. Um, and, and we had to be, we told to stop film at one point, we had to leave the room because someone was being disciplined. Um, and oh, wow. I, I suppose that, yeah, I, that was the biggest surprise for me actually of all of it. It's just sort of a, how sort of serious it was behind the scenes and so you know what I mean how, how well run it was mm. organised you think ah yeah it's as, uh, there's work that goes on to sort of get to that place where the, everyone's on a march unified together you know it's just like yeah it's a sort of a tightly run ship um, I think that's the biggest thing that sort of that came out but yeah it's hard because as I say we wanted to be part of the CLP in many ways we wanted to be a sort of subjective camera in it you know I'm one of the I, I sort of I'd done some door knocking when we were shooting in crew yeah um, as, as Al was shooting as well um, but yeah I think I think if one thing that stand out it is just uh, how well organised it was yeah, because a lot these as, a, as a viewer that's for certain I mean it, yeah. it's interesting how little they took for granted given what you were saying before and what we know about how you know how much of a dead cert it was Labour was going to win that seat they 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 basically use that 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 comfort and privilege of being able to win in Liverpool to go to Crew to talk in Blackpool. So their their commitment to the Labour government was 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 bigger than just simply what they were doing in the constituency, which I thought was really impressive from from the film's point of view. I think they they had a little goal of they wanted to improve on their um, <laughs> on their vote share. They wanted to get it from like. 88 to 89 percent or some of this mm. a little goal but for them the big the big battle <coughs> within Blackpool within Southport winning crew you know what I mean um, and it was just like the, the miles that some people put in there you know I know people who sort of went to the, to Blackpool some people went to Barrow and it was like a two hour drive you know to get there door knocking all day all back all in people's spare time you know people taking time off work to do this mm. you know um, every spare second committed to sort of yeah getting this um, and that's what felt like there was something moving that's where the I think the hope comes from and why we call it the hope really. there was something there um, from within you know there was people there was I, I, I done a bit of phone banking with them too there was people of all ages there was people you know in their 80s and there was people who were 16 who just felt really like galvanised to come together and you know believe in doing it you know but it was you know it, you look back and it was sort of quite naive but um, 
because then I, I always want to feel embarrassed at that naivety in many ways. It's like, why didn't we, you know, talking before about uh, you know, the, uh, the state of democracy and, you know, the character assassination of Corbyn. Hmm. Like, you almost like forgot about that because there was a little bit of hope and you let that slide where we sort of needed to take a step back and look at things in a black and white way going like, well, how could, how could Corbyn sort of really win this in, in all reality? Hmm. Um, but there was hope there and I, I but I feel like I almost shouldn't be embarrassed because it was nice to have that hope and I don't think I'll probably have that hope personally in party politics probably in my lifetime again well well, I know you said it, it often was the same 300 people but on, on, on you know on marches and stuff like that but as as a representation of how people voted you know Liverpool didn't fall for the Labour bad Tory good thing whereas the red wall, as as was as was knocked down in, el- in other parts of the north, did. I mean, you, you we saw interviews, didn't we, on the street of like places like Hartlepool or, you know, saying how, oh, I voted Labour all my life. They've never done anything for us. We need a change. You're like, how do you need a change? It's like they've not been in government, but they bought the idea that this was a change. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I see it. Um... The biggest one, but that was uh, some woman at a food bank saying she was voting for the Tories. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like oh, we're, we're done for. You know, we, we in many ways in that case, it's a. Uh, but it's it, it is. It's just uh, it's the world we sort of live in. Really, so people people are scared of change. Um, and you know, when sort of you know when you look at sort of uh, the state of sort of the media in many ways, it's you can see why they're scared of it. What do you think your film shows? that you feel the British public isn't getting from the mainstream media? Uh, the actual state of the world, effectively. You know, um, so this is, a, this is a, I think this is a really nice bit at the beginning of the film uh, where they're talking about, uh, the CLP are talking about, you know, how you know how can we change people's minds on the doorstep? Hmm. Uh, and, the, and they have these edu- uh, political education classes. And this one's about um, education, actually. And they're talking about, so they're breaking it down, everything down, and in a way that politicians don't do. And that's why I found it quite interesting as a look at politics. They don't speak like politicians, you know what I mean? They speak in very black and white terms, um, and they're saying, "Yeah, this is what we do." This and and, and it just makes sense. These people sort of know the state of the world. They sort of know, don't say the answers, but they know sort of um, ways to improve it, and they believe in it. And that's that's what sort of that's what makes them move forward. What makes them sort of. Um, you know, campaign. And I sort of, and yeah, I hope people sort of watch it and think, yeah, there is a sort of alternative sort of to what, you know, how things is. Because I think right now it's chaos. You look at like the cost of living, you look at everything, you look at the state of democracy in terms of uh, Boris Johnson. It's just, you know, we can't carry on with this at all. A change does have to come. Mm. And, and as you said before, it needs to be, slightly more radical than the sort of um, like Keir Starmer's Labour Party in my eyes it can't just be a sort of you know a Blairite type change um, but yeah I think yeah I hope that people get that way you know there is a different sort of different world to be sort of had uh, and there's an undercurrent of people who believe in that sort of um, that difference and sort of you know fought for it and continue to fight for it you know at the, the film ends with a complete sort of reset and a rebirth for the activists, considering, you know, the manifesto didn't work out, the election didn't work out, and some people left, but it was against starting at the absolute bottom 
uh, and changing your sort of your community step by step. You know, politics from the bottom up, which I think um, is essential, really. So do you, do you imagine then they become a beacon of light for people to copy as opposed to trying to feed yeah. a machine like this is big and disparate in views as, as the Labour Party clearly is? Yes, without a doubt. I think it's it's inspirational in the sense that like, all you all you can do really is affect your own community, hmm. uh, and that's all you should really want to do. I know people say like someone asked the question is just like, uh, and it was implied that like you know, but what change can these people make on the streets? You know, what I mean? can they change anything in government? If you like, um, I remember people used to um, aim that at Dennis Skinner, you know, because he never took a uh, he never took a position in, uh, on any front bench, and he was always just committed to being an MP for Bolsover. And I think, for me personally, that is what politics should be. And that's maybe the only time ever that politics is pure, uh, when you just care about your community and try and improve your community. And that's how sort of, sort of, it should spread, really, because, you know, we're never going to, we're never really going to have socialism in this country. Um, but you can sort of see sort of how you can sort of influence and improve your own community. No, it, spe- sort of, yeah. it speaks to a, a kind of corporatization that's happened in sort of, I guess, in my adult life to British politics in the sense of, it, you know, when I was 18, it did used to be somebody would stand and they would be standing for very south, very, very south where I grew up. You know, that was what they were. They weren't, they weren't helicoptered in from somewhere yeah, yeah. because, it, because <laughs> they needed somebody to win a seat. And and I'm sure that was happening. And I'm sure you know there's always been safe seats, and there's always been. But again, the safe seat element points to that problem we talked to earlier, which is without proportional representation, you just you, your votes just fly in the wind then because they just win an MP a seat. They don't they don't actually rep, help represent if more if more MPs of one other party do. I mean, as mad as yeah. it sounds, I remember when. Um, I think it was, did UKIP get like 4 million votes, but only one seat? You know, and Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, tr- I'm going to say 2015, it must have been, because obviously we led up, that led up to the, the Brexit referendum. So yeah. it's something, it was something mad like that. And even though I obviously wouldn't want to have a UKIP world, those 4 million people need to be represented. And obviously getting one member of parliament out of 4 million voters doesn't seem like a very good democracy. Well, no, at all. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, and it's it's interesting, really. Yeah, but politics is as it's it's like a it's almost like a corporation, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's very it's a machine, uh, and the machines are very similar um, across the parties, really. And I suppose this film, the film, is about politics, and it's a political film, and it's about party politics, but it doesn't feel like a political film in the sense that you know we could we could have went down to. Parliament maybe filmed one or or two of the MPs, but it was always on the street. I think hopefully that's one of the strengths of the film. No, I think it is. I think, I think you'd, I mean, who am I? I didn't make the film, but I think you would have muddied the message of of all the work that was doing. Because, like what you were describing earlier, for me watching it, I was like, you know, I remember the backdrop to the 2019 election was get it done. That was the that was that was the Tory policy, get it done. It was yeah. just a Brexit thing. You didn't hear Brexit get mentioned barely once in your documentary because people were interested in what public services they well to people on the ground who were trying to get votes were trying to argue the case for better public public services, a growth in public services, renationalization of things that have clearly failed. You know, 
But that's very nuanced and it's very, you know, it's it's not as simple as get it done, which, you know, for some reason that I can't explain, got an 80-seat majority. That, that's the thing with the sort of the Brexit thing, you know, get Brexit done and whatnot. But yeah, just, these are the people, these are almost like, you know, when Corbyn, I remember that debate with Corbyn and um, Johnson and Johnson literally answered every question with like, get let's get it done. And Corbyn was trying to sort of talk about, uh, you know, the NHS or transport. And it's just, it was just weren't cutting through at all, you know. And this, and I think this is the thing with the, the people in the film. That's that's what they believe. And there's an argument in the film where they're talking about um, is someone uh, wants, you know, what they voted for Brexit, and they're like, we don't really, we just want to move on, you know what I mean, and move forward, you know, because that's the thing with politics. Politics, you know, it's it's not static. It's always moving forward, and it's it's forever changing, really. Hmm. Um, even though you know the, the whole Brexit thing did make it quite stagnant in many ways, and sort of. Muddied that election, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, well, what we should tell people is when and how they can see the movie. Yeah, uh, it's released um, on the sixteenth of June. Uh, obviously, the premiere's in Liverpool, quite naturally. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then it's, uh, it's we're doing a little tour with it. Um, it's going up to Glasgow, Newcastle, Leeds, Nottingham. Uh, we hope to announce a few more. But it's in Brighton. We'll have one or two in London. And uh, yeah, it, it it will be out and about there definitely. Um, and so it's it's you know I feel like it's a hard sell this film in many ways because of what it represents. It re- you know it is the hope and the hope trilogy. We had hope, but that hope is now gone. So why would you want to revisit that in a documentary? Mm. You know, and I think I, I do think like yeah, it will be interesting to see who comes out with it because it comes out to see it because you know a lot of people sort of uh, got involved in that movement. But well, I don't think they want to be reminded of it in many ways. But I'm hoping that people sort of see that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just glad that there's a document that exists that sort of shows the work that people put into that election. I was so, going to say that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, for anyone that's sort of half in, half out about whether they should be doing it locally themselves, might feel inspired by your film because I think you, you an election is lost, but the but Walton District doesn't disappear. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You well. Yeah. So if you can't stop, can you? You've got to no. keep moving. It's um, yeah, and that's the thing. It's um, I do sort of uh, you know, this is the type of like I always, when I was making, I was like, this is actually a film I would I would like to have seen someone shoot from the seventies or the eighties. Hmm. Someone could have shown me this from you know of Eric Heffer or Tony Ben doing it in his you know his constituents and you know it's it's a sort of a, a micro budget sort of protest film really. In many ways, that's it's punchable between in terms of release, but you know it is a chronicle of something that did happen. Which and I thought maybe there's other people making similar films because it was such a momentous time, mm. little place to be, and nothing seems to be coming out from it at all. You know, um, one of the templates for the film was to, it was a in a way a template. There was a documentary on the BBC about the 2017 election. It was called uh, Labour: The Summer That Changed Everything. And they follow three MPs. One of them's um, Stephen Kinnock. I can't remember the other two. And you could see the whole that whole film was about shadowing these like sort of these snidey little MPs who wanted the death of Corbyn, and then they would sort of um, you know take over the party, and the film and the MPs, and then the faces drop at twenty seventeen because it's really close. Hmm. Where and um, you could see that film was set up though to sort of show, yeah, you know how Corbyn would will fail, and then you know, the sort of centre-right or right-wingers in the party sort of take control again. So we use that as a template, like, we'll make that, we'll make that film, but a real film 
about you know about what the Labour Party is uh, currently, uh, and I hope yeah I think yeah be interesting to see how how how, how the film ages in many ways. Well, look, congratulations! I think I think you're right. The, the, it is it is it is great to have a document of that time, and like you said, it, an overtime in a way. Maybe when the wounds have healed for some people, it'll become something. It'll become more valuable over time as much as anything else because it's a real, you know, like I say, you 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 show a real shift in in Britain without needing to keep mentioning the word Brexit. You you, in a way, your film is showing the collateral damage of that simplistic view of politics. Is that in reality, the way you build hope is about is about giving giving people something, not just taking something away. It's actually really about Corbyn. You know, Cor- we could have filmed stuff with Corbyn, mm. but, yeah, you know, he's mentioned a handful of times um, and at the end of the film, it's summed up perfectly, but at the end of it, one of the episodes, it was never about Corbyn. It was about the ideas, you know what I mean? And those ideas are still, you know, still flicking well, away. For, really. I mean, that was something, I mean, that, that stood out to me because I think, unfortunately, because of the vilification of, of Corbyn, the election didn't become about his policies. I mean, you know, as crazy as it is, his policies were not that radical to Ed Miliband's manifesto, to be honest with you. Exactly. Yeah, I thought I thought that manifesto would have been way more sort of um, yeah, left yeah, more radical if you like. Um, and given and given what the Tories have done, which would be socialist things during the pandemic, you know, the the the, the state intervening at every level. Yeah, you know, it's it, you know it wasn't as wild as it was portrayed, but. No, but there was other, other parts the of the debate that just kind of made it about Cor- who Corbyn was and what Corbyn represented in a media perception and a media narrative than it was about the policies he represented for it's a so, great it, Britain. It's so strange that though, isn't it? You know, and maybe that's that comes back to democracy. It's all about like that. Literally, that's what we judged uh, the leader of the political party by. Literally, like you know how how he dressed, you know what he was sort of portray that rather than as ideas you know imagine sort of imagine voting for someone not because you didn't like their ideas just because you didn't like him but didn't really know why you didn't like him mm. you know it's so odd well, did you see there was an Australian politician did this recently where the, a right wing journalist tried to hoodwink him with a kind of gotcha question and he did the whole response was this isn't about me we're trying to we're trying to develop ideas we're trying to give yeah. people things to think about and why they vote. Nobody's voting for me. They're voting for the ideas of of why we want to be in power. Not not because I want to be in power. And it was just a brilliant, brilliant answer. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it was just really well done. And you kind of go, I wish more politicians with a with a little more with a radical outlook on life would be that would give that kind of response. Yeah, it was. It's it's I can't see a change, and no, really, I can only see, almost see it getting worse in many ways. The other thing is that, in a in a way, Britain is a conservative with a small c country. Liverpool might not be a city, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and certainly the people in, that you show in Walton certainly aren't. But but the country, and that's where you get that. And conservative is is stasis. You know, it's, it goes back to that point you made about fear of change. I I think we live in a sort of one party state almost, if you like, you know. So the last Labour sort of victory that went to do with Blair was 1974. Mm. You know what I mean? And since then, it's been Conservatives other than the three Blair wins. But Blair only won because he sort of shook hands with the devil with Murdoch and 
took the party to, to, to the right. So that's, you know, as we were saying, it's sort of, there's not much difference between sort of Tony Blair's Labour Party and the Conservative Party in my eyes. It's not, you know, at all. Well, look, let's let's end on an up note. Uh, that, was your ho- that was your hope trilogy. To borrow, to borrow a Star Wars term, what's your new hope going to be? <laughs> so I've started shooting a new film about, uh, and it's not political, and I can't wait to get my teeth stuck into it because, yeah, it's been a sort of, yeah, it's been a slog the last few years, you know, um, making these films. Uh, and I'm glad I've done them, uh, but I'm moving on to something completely sort of different, a creative approach. And subject, yeah, it's all an author. I won't say who, but yeah, he is interesting. And I think uh, we can create a nice little um, piece of work from it. Well, good luck with that. And congratulations on Manifesto. And it uh, just gives me to say thank you very much for giving you time on the Britflix podcast. Oh, thanks so much, dear. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.